are you going to be all right? I asked because I think it's time for you to get up and go back and get out there. You know, you can overcome this. I promise you can. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into really looking at how to overcome setbacks. Don't worry, I got your back. I'll see you on the flip. Shout out to Beverly, Cindy, Shana, Corey, Ina, and so many others that tend to have my back and help me when I am suffering setbacks. And I wish I could tell you I was perfect. I am far from it. And a lot of times I look at what I haven't done way more than I look at what I have done. But today I want to come before you and share with you some of the wisdoms that I've gleaned and had to learn and some of the wisdoms that have been shared with me from other people's experiences to help you. I had to realize that (laughs) the world is not all about me and the world is not all about anybody at any given time. But it does seem that way when things don't go our way, when we have had enough, been beat down, downtrodden, or we're in, as my mom used to call it, we're in a funk. And so today I want you to listen in, whether you're at that point or just so that you'll know something that sparks imagination, truth, and, 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 and ability for you to bounce back if you ever suffer a setback. So now, I'm not going to take a lot of my precious time to define what I mean by a setback, but as the name implies, it causes you to lose some ground. Maybe it is uh, financial ground or emotional ground. Uh, maybe it is a, a station or a status in your life that you worked hard to get. Well, of course you're going to work hard to get things and you've lost it. If any of that kind of stuff applies, then this podcast is for you. So let's get into it. I wanted to make this as succinct as possible and to contain it. And so I put it in these five little stages and those are to, um, to get back or to overcome a setback or to even deal with it is to reframe, be retrospective, be resilient, be radical, and then reclaim. So reframe, retrospect, resilient, radical, and reclaim. So let's get into it. So the first thing is when we're dealing with a setback, the best thing for any of us to do is to reframe. And to reframe is to respect it. Take a look at what happened. No matter how painful it is, take a look at what happened. Do a a post-mortem, if you will, an autopsy of uh, the situation that died, that you lost control of. Whether it be anything from a relationship to a failed business to a uh, ostracization from or an alienation from a group or whatever, reframe it. And I'm going to give you some additional insights because by now you should know how to 
respect something to look at it anew. But I'm going to give you a few little additional things that I want you to do during this reframe. And that is, first and foremost, I want you to check your emotions. But this time, I want you to check your emotions at the point where you are. And I want you to evaluate them to see if they are one of these two things. I want you to look and see if your emotions are serving as medicine or as vomit. I'll say that again. I want you, when you reframe, to check your emotions to see whether they are behaving like medicine or like vomit. And what I mean by that is if your your emotions are working on you and maybe others as medicine, that means that you've allowed yourself to turn those emotions inward, to deal with them, to address them, to grow from them. Because emotions, good or bad, and I don't like to use the word bad, so I'll say positive or negative, what they are meant for is to give you insights, give you wisdoms, give you warnings, and um, give you training about yourself so that you can continue to go on your journey. And it takes some turning in to pay attention to them, not wallowing them, pay attention to them, get the message, get the lesson, and then graduate and move on. And so if you are learning from this, uh, maybe it's a depressive state, frustration, jealousy, envy, uh, unsurety, whatever the emotion is, Look to see if you are turning in to deal with it, to elevate yourself, to grow yourself, to become a better version of you. If that be the case, then those emotions are serving as medicine. But if you do this and you do not find, be honest with yourself, that you have turned inward and instead your emotions are spewing out of you unprocessed and that you are allowing your emotions to drive the car and they don't even have a driver's license. I'm just going to tell you now. And you're just along for the ride. However you feel is how it comes out. That means that you are vomiting. They are serving as vomit to spew out of you unprocessed and causing you and others harm. If your emotions have not caused you to learn and grow, but instead to waste valuable time, um, valuable efforts of being stuck in this funk, in this rut, of being uh, calloused to the point, not callous because you're not callous, of being sensitive to the point that you just can't deal with anybody now, then your emotions are acting as vomit. And I need you to stop it now. This is your call to stop now. I need you to understand, if nothing else, when you do your reframe, emotions are always here to help you learn to trust yourself above all else. If you have not given yourself time to process emotions and you're just acting through them or allowing them to act through you, you've learned nothing and you're not going to be able to move forward and move past your setback until you do it. So go on and do it now. And then the next part of this reframe is after you've done that and or while you're doing it, I want you to change your awareness from a 2D to a 3D dimension. And what I mean by that is instead of looking at something just head on, face to face, I want you to take the time 
to build it out, to look at it in a, uh, not a totality, because you're never going to be able to see something in total, but to try to look at it from different angles and views. And that is to pop it out, to give it a 3D and, and marble it around in your thoughts to see different ways of looking at it. Heck, maybe try to see it from the other side's view, whether it be a, per- a person, an event or whatever. Uh, say, for instance, you got fired and now you're frustrated and you're blaming your coworkers, your boss, the company, everybody, and you are just angry. Maybe you'd look at it instead of looking at it head on as your enemy or your or opposition or your source of um of uh, judgment that they judged you harshly or incorrectly or whatever, look at it in a 3D. Look at the company or the person or the whatever, taking yourself out of the equation to see, did it cause them harm or hurt to have to do that? Was it for the best? Meaning that maybe removing you meant that the company could move forward. Whatever it may be, be willing to do the 3D. Now, I always say do this after the emotional check-in because for some of us, we're not ready to handle checking our awareness and changing it from a 2D to a 3D until we have grown up a little bit in our emotions to do that. And then after that, after you change it and look at it from a 3D, then I want you to add a fourth dimension onto it, a 4D, which means that I want you to add on to it what your new observation has revealed to you. Because when you do that, you're going to start to gain wisdom that's going to help you when you move forward. And a lot of times by doing this reframe helps you to cut the cords, to let go, to move forward and move onward. Maybe you do this reframe in a relationship and you look to see that maybe I'm not the only one hurting here. Even if I wasn't the one that that broke up or divorced or whatever, what did it take for that other person to get to that point? Was I culpable at all in that decision? Looking at it and then taking what you've observed from the 3D And putting a 4D observation of what you've learned by doing this helps you to move onward. So also, take into consideration, because I have a lot of people say, Michelle, I don't understand the 2D to 3D. 2D is a flat image. It's just looking at something head on, one angle. 3D is when you turn it around and look at all of the different angles or different angles, as many as you can muster. And in order to do that, Know the direction of the flow of of a thing. Uh, Look for reoccurrences. Look for rhythms. Um, Look for if there's a contraction or expansion, a back or forth. Look and see, did I know um, something was coming? Did I have a gut feel about something? You'll be amazed that when you actually ask that question, you're going to get an answer and it's going to help you to be able to understand what happened so that you can move forward. All right. So that's reframing. 
The next thing is, is I want you to get respect or uh, retrospective and to have retrospective means that you get to get a hindsight. You look at it and hindsight is 2020 where you really can start to see and to be retrospective. I want you to do this. I want you to look at whether or not you were comparing or competing. Yes. Comparing or competing or both. Now, I talked about comparison and competing a few days ago in another podcast about becoming a pro and how to not compare, but simply concentrate on competing. In this regard, when you get your retrospective, look at it in context of what you were doing. If this was a a business or something like that where competition made sense, then great. But if it was a relationship or something, then not so great, <laughs> you know, and I can hear it now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the ghost of um, therapy sessions past where people talked about in retrospective that they were in competition with something in the relationship that they didn't want to be in competition with. And looking at your situation to glean that level of insight is very powerful because once you can identify something, once you can go through the experience of learning it, it becomes hopefully ingrained in you where you almost get a muscle memory of it so that if it happens again, you can quickly identify it and stop it before you get into it. And so there's always a reason to be retrospect of what is happening. So let me talk a little bit about comparison and competition when I'm talking about this. So in retrospective, were you comparing, meaning that you were judging yourself based on someone else's life, actions, or activities? If you were doing that, did it help you? If it didn't, nine times out of ten, it wasn't. If it didn't, then what can you learn from that? What can you eat that's the flesh and leave the bones? You know, what what, what could be uh, nourishing to your soul? to learn? And how can you stop yourself from comparing yourself to others? The only person you should ever really try to compare yourself to is the highest, most perfect version of you. If you continue to keep that person, that state of being in mind, you won't have time to worry about what other people are doing because nobody can outdo you being you. That's why they don't have clones at this particular time. That is why they have impersonators at best. So don't fall into comparing. And then again, on the competition, if it was an area where competition was valid, did you fall short? Did you not meet the minimum viable effort of what it took to truly be in competition? Were you doomed from the start? What can you learn? Did you have a strategy that was raggedy? These are some of the things that you want to look at in your retrospective. Be brutally honest with yourself. Take off the ego-tinted shades and break it down as if this was a stranger that you were looking at. Because you know the story. And if you really get honest with it, the hindsight is going to reveal a lot of stuff to you. I'm going to tell you, there are many times I've done a retrospective look and I've cringed because I could see how foolish, stupid, 
and uh, entitled and arrogant I was in a situation. And I blanch at the thought. Even now, when I think of some things, I'm like, how stupid good I have been. But it only became aware to me when I took the chance and the time to be retrospective and mull it over in my mind to glean from it. You see, with all of these things to overcome a setback, you've got to be willing to go and dip down beneath the surface into the dark basement where all the castaways live (laughs) to to do it. And it it takes some strength to face those parts of the situation in ourself. But oh boy, if you reframe and get a, a retrospective view that is is teaching and you do this with a determination to succeed, grow and overcome, boy oh boy, will it strengthen you. You'll be able to cut some ties that linger. You'll be able to strengthen your emotions so that they are medicine to your soul and you'll be able to get more uh, clever insights. You'll become cunning and shrewd when it comes to this. You know, there's a saying that says, um, seen much, experienced little. That is the indictment that a lot of people have when they find that they can't get over a setback. It is because they have not, they've not processed what they need to of what they went through to turn it into an experience instead of something that just happened to them. So you never want to be that person who's seen much but experienced little. And you do that by reframing and getting a retrospective uh, insight on what happened, where you were culpable, what you could have done, how you might have compared yourself and missed the mark when you should have been comparing yourself to being your best self, when the competition trounced you because you weren't ready, you didn't understand the strategy, you didn't understand the game that was being played or whatever. And that leads me to the next one. And that is when overcoming setbacks, you have got to force yourself. If you don't force yourself to do anything else, you've got to force yourself to activate the muscle of resiliency. You have got to become resilient. A recent study, uh, experiment actually, uh, was looking at antibacterials and bacteria. And so this study that was recorded in the Journal of Science uh, showed, not showed, but told how some researchers took a big old portion of um, a board. It was a two by four, uh, two feet by four feet, and they spread it with antibacterials. And what they did was is the highest concentration was in the middle. And they worked out to varying degrees of concentration of antibacterial until they got to the outer edges where there was no antibacterial um, percentage. And in the middle, it was 1,000 times more potent than it was on the outer edges. So they spread it out and then they introduced E. coli. And they introduced the E. coli just to the edges. And what they did was, is they watched it and they found that in just 11 days, the E. coli evolved itself to take over everything, including the thousand percent more. So that E. coli was 
able to best an antibacterial that had a thousand percent concentration and it did it in just 11 days. But this is the part that I want you to understand about being resilient because I want you to be as powerful and productive as bacterial germs that the ones in the front, (laughs) the germs in the front oftentimes died. It took 11 days, not because the germs in the front took 11 days. No, they were moving forward. So each time the front line died, the next one would take over. And thus, the ones in the back, the slowest moving germs, the ones sitting back in the cut, were the strongest because they were gleaning from everyone before them so that when they made it to the middle of this uh, bacterial plane, they were able to just kill it, overcome it. And what I want you to, to know is this. When you are building your resilience, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one that endures to the end. And to be as powerful as bacterial germs, you need to understand that sometimes your return from your setback might be slow, but it can be oh so deadly because you're learning some things along the way. Too many times people try to believe that the speed of by which you come back means or denotes your strength and your ability to overcome when sometimes You need to pace yourself, learn some things, and grow. That's why resiliency is not the first thing that I talk about when getting your setback. No, it takes some time to reframe. It takes some time to get some retrospective. It takes some time to to do a postmortem of what happened. And it takes some time to build up your resiliency. You're going to get knocked down a few times before you get back up. But each time, try to get back up. And when you can't think of anything else, encourage yourself. Be be as tenacious as germs on antibacterials. Always come back. Always come back. And then because of that, this is the next thing. When they did that research, what they found was that the germs did not just attack the surface defense. They completely annihilated everything In that plane, that two by four, they annihilated it all. And so because of that, when you come back, as you are coming back, as you are getting back on your feet, I want you to be radical in your resurgence. I want you to have a radical resurgence. Be like those germs. Because when you you look at what's really happening, it is, it's, it, I'm just going to say, understanding what's really going on with coming back from a setback, it's a powerful thing. So let's just even look at what radical means. So superficial, superficial means surface. It means top layer, outer layer, protective even. And what people don't realize is that sometimes They are trying to have a comeback after a setback by doing superficial things. 
they're trying to make the veneer of who they are look look good. And they've not dealt with what's beneath. They've not dealt with what the true motor is, the true capacity. It's like going out and purchasing a laptop based on how pretty the graphics are and failing to realize that the motor running the graphics is not dedicated. And thus, if you try to run anything while you're looking at those pretty graphics, it's going to run to a halt and you're going to be with a useless pretty box. Looking underneath, radical means to get to the bone, to the root, to the source, to the origin, to excise it out, to remove it or cut it out. It is an offensive, aggressive thing. And if you're going to be able to have a resurgence after a setback, you got to get radical. You've got to dig it out, cut it out. And it's going to be painful. Um, there's an old saying that says, uh, <laughs> in my, my neck of the woods, to stop trading in a dollar to get 10 cents. Meaning, if you're going to to put in something, you need to get everything you can out of it. Get radical. Root out all the crap that could possibly give a setback any roots or any footway to get back in. Because it's worth it. It's 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 like that. Think of the bacteria. Think of even tumors, cancerous malignant tumors. How if you don't radically excise them out, Give them any part and they will come back. You want to be like that when you're looking at having a overcoming, a resurgence against a setback. And the next thing is reclaim your life. <laughs> reclaim your, I like to call it my, my, my uh, revolution, <laughs> reclaim it. Discipline. And, and I got, I, this is a take on um, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. He says in his book that truth is the antidote for suffering. I'm going to say in addendum to that, discipline is the antidote for suffering. When you discipline yourself to reclaim what you have taken, that means, and I, I did this in another podcast the other day where I talked about um, that obtaining a goal is only the beginning, that that maintenance mode is what it takes to truly have something. And so when you reclaim your life, you can't just stop at getting to back to where you were. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes for however long it takes to not only get back to where you were, to become, but continue to go to different levels. And I don't know why it is that when we have a reclaiming of time, we never expect to hit a plateau. And I believe it's because we mistake a plateau for a bad thing. A plateau is a blessing. So when you get, you, you're putting all this effort in and it doesn't seem like you're going anywhere, be thankful for that plateau because it really did come to pass and not to stay. But it's there to strengthen you. And to get you used to your new normal so that you can maintain the growth and the advancement that you've received. You know, it's kind of like you get to this level uh, and it's not about rest. It's about operate on this level to make sure you can maintain it. And once you've proven to yourself or to the universe or whatever that you can maintain it, 
then you can move to the next level because this one now is your new baseline. It's your new normal. And now you can go to the next one. But if you just keep moving and you make too big of a jump, there is a course correction in our lives that people don't realize is in effect at all times. And it will knock you back down to the last stable point of your life. Don't believe me? Try a diet. <laughs> in our bodies, they have these things called set points. Now, this is how we understand it is at this particular time. This could change. So I'm just going to say at this particular time, they look at what are our natural set points. And they base these set points off of a thing called homeostasis, where it's the level of cellular life that the body deems as healthy. And it will always try to return you to that level of cellular life um, because anything else is considered an attack or an enemy. And so that's set point. And to elevate your set point, to change what your body thinks is a new normal, we thankfully have plateaus where you do all this energy, you keep moving forward or trying to only to be quote unquote stuck. That's your body getting used to its new set point, getting used to its new normal. So don't despise when you hit plateaus in your reclaiming of your life. Understand them for the gift they are. Don't give up and say, oh, I'm at my plateau, so I'll chill out. Because if you ever wanted to double back your setback, start getting lax and slack in your reclaiming. That is one of the most dangerous times and I want you to be aware of it, that to reclaiming, reclaim your setback means you need to be disciplined and understand that your discipline is the true antidote through suffering, uh, to suffering, excuse me, that when you understand what's really going on and you are disciplined to keep going, keep working through the plateau, the suffering doesn't matter anymore. I'm not going to promise that it'll be lessened, but it just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't have the effect on you that it used to have. So with looking at how to overcome a setback, I want you to make sure that you refrain. Check your emotions to make sure that they're medicine and not vomit. Change your awareness from 2D to 3D and then to 4D. Be retrospective of uh, what you did and be resilient. Have a radical resurgence and then Work on reclaiming your life, understanding that it's going to take some work. So guess what? Yeah, you know it. My time is up. I do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! Check the show notes and join me tomorrow as we do it again, y'all. Thank you. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.